This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Eggerbo here with John Beeler. We talk all about apps and mobile devices here on this program. And there's a lot to talk about, uh, of course. Uh, on today's show, we will be uh, talking about uh, an interesting Washington Post story about uh, Apple suing a Canadian recycler who instead of shredding the Apple devices as they were contracted to, to mine all the parts and pieces out of them, they resold them. We'll uh, get into that. It's uh, pretty interesting. And also, we'll be talking about apps for creating 3D models. If you've been thinking about getting into 3D printing, and these printers now are only a couple hundred dollars, John here, who is uh, one of Canada's preeminent 3D printing experts, will uh, be talking about a couple apps he uses and how simple it is to actually start creating your own 3D models that you can print. Imagine printing out uh, missing parts for your dishwasher or a missing cap for uh, or one of your cameras. It, it's so fantastic what you can do. Let's get into some of the news, though. Uh, some interesting stuff here. This is uh, for the folks uh, listening uh, at uh, CJOB in Winnipeg. You probably already know this. The COVID Alert app is now active in Manitoba. That uh, brings it in line with uh, several other uh, provinces here, including uh, Newfoundland and Labrador, and also Saskatchewan and New Brunswick. Of of course, I'm feeling like BC is being like we're being Ubered again. Oh my god! Like by the time that they let this thing work in in BC and Alberta, for that matter, the pandemic will be over. Yes, it's just ridiculous. Like yeah. why wouldn't they get on board with this and put some resources behind it? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, this is the app that uh, the Canadian Canadian government's recommending. Uh, it's the one that uh, uses the technology that Apple and Google have standardized in all of their phones and will uh, basically alert users uh, if you have been in contact with anyone that has COVID and has reported it. And it does not track your location. No. It does not track your personal information. It doesn't track anything. It's just to let you know that you've been in proximity with somebody else. That's it. That's it. Let's talk about uh, the Apple Store now, John. Yeah. Uh, you've recently had a good Apple Store experience. Usually I, I have pretty good ones. I, I love the fact that I can bring any of my Apple gear in there and it's serviced there. Yes. So one of the things, I, I have a four-year-old MacBook Pro. That's a old. 2016. 2016. Yeah, it was the first one with the touch bar. Wow. And when I upgraded to the beta of Big Sur... One of the new features that it has that will be available soon uh, is the battery indication it gives you a lot more information uh, when you're looking at the battery notifier on your little menu bar. And one of the things that stood out when I installed this was that I have my battery service recommended warning. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And because I'd never seen that before in previous versions. And like I said, it's a four-year-old laptop. I looked into it and I have Apple sort of rates their laptops. You know, you should have about a thousand charge cycles. That's completely draining and then recharging uh, for the life of that battery. I only had 373 and I was below, I was around 70% charge capacity on my battery. Okay. So quite diminished for the short amount of time that the battery's been cycled. And Apple's also sort of been pretty good uh, fairly recently with uh, taking care of people that have these kinds of issues. So I thought, well, the best thing to do is, all, and this is what I always tell people when they have a, an Apple product problem, is 
go to the Apple store. They will look at the the particular problem that you're having. And the worst case scenario is if you have to pay for it, they'll at least give you a quote before you actually have to commit to it. If you go to a third party, sometimes they're actually going to charge you just to look at it. So if you have an Apple product, just take it to Apple. They'll take a look at it for free. Yeah. And tell you what's wrong with it. And then you can decide yourself, you know, is this something you can do yourself? Like, can you buy the part on Amazon and do it yourself? Um, Which I I couldn't actually do with mine. What I found out is that the touch bar max, the keyboard, speakers, USB, and trackpad are all part of one unit in addition to the battery, which is also attached. Oh, my God. Okay. So basically the whole... So you're not replacing that yourself? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, in the old days, you could just buy a new battery yeah. and slot it in. And then, then they started doing these sort of sealed bottoms where the battery pack was changeable. But now it's just like one big unit. Um, and also because of the age of my uh, MacBook, the keyboard had some intermittent problems. And it's apparently famous for that butterfly keyboard that everyone hated. Um, I actually didn't mind it but I didn't have that many problems with it, but I mentioned it. to the What guy. kind of problems would people have? Um, basically sticky keys. Okay. So part of it could have been because food got underneath the key. Yeah. And so when you're pressing it, it's not actually depressing all the way. Other times it was just literally a malfunctioning connection. So the, the nice thing is um, Apple will service uh, any um, MacBook device with this particular keyboard for up to four years. Oh, you came in right on time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I bought mine in December. So I had like a, you know, a couple of months left. Um, And, you know, it turns out because the whole part is unified, they replaced everything for free. (laughs) You can't beat that. Well, they, and they gave me an invoice breaking down what the, what the cost was. Yeah. How much? It was uh, $560, including labor and the actual bottom half of the laptop was about 450 bucks. Wow. But you got it free. Completely free. And I took it in on Friday and I picked it up yesterday. Um, so a couple days, uh, that, that was the turnaround time. That's amazing. Because they had the parts in stock yeah. in, in my store. So they actually did it in-house. Yeah, so, I had a, a mal- malfunctioning uh, AirPod Pro. One mm-hmm. of the uh, uh, earbuds uh, just started crackling. And so I took it in and they they replaced it. Did they just did, like, give you a swap? or? Yeah, they just swapped the one AirPod. Just the one? Just the one. Right. So you got a new one and an old one now. <laughs> yeah, I got a brand new shiny one in one ear and kind of one gunky one in the, <laughs> in the in the other ear. But I mean, I guess the moral of the story is though is when in doubt, just take it to Apple. Um, if you're not near an Apple store, you can you can still use their service. They will send you a box to ship it properly to them, and then they'll they'll email you a quote if you do have to pay for it if it's not covered. But the nice thing is, you know, I wasn't expect I was expecting to have to pay for a battery. Yeah, but they were able to cover it all under some of these not not a formal recall, but some of these sort of issues that. And I've always found that even if it, there is a cost associated, sometimes Apple will just fix it just to make you a happy customer. So dinner's on you. Okay. <laughs> well, all that money you saved. That's right. <laughs> uh, I want to talk quickly about uh, a new app coming out for Google Android phones. This is going to be uh, featured on the new Google Pixel Five and Four A phones uh, coming out. Uh, a preview feature, they call it anyway. It's called Hold For Me. So you know when you phone those 1-800 numbers, you know, for service? Yes. Like through your cell phone carrier or your cable provider, and you're just sitting on hold forever? Like and, for hours? And you're scared to leave, right? Because well, the second you leave, you've lost your spot. Well, this new feature 
will actually monitor it for you. So now you can just go about doing your daily business, getting on with life. And when a real human comes on the line, it'll notify you. It'll buzz you or whatever kind of notification you send up. Does it talk to the person that answered the phone? Yes, it tells it tells them to hold. <laughs> <laughs> that is the ultimate. I love that. Wasn't that a Seinfeld episode? Probably. Can you imagine Seinfeld now? Yeah. Just the, the material he would have. <laughs> That's right. His head would explode. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to take a break here on the app show, but we got a lot more to talk about. We'll be talking about uh, Apple and refurbished and recycled phones. What happens and... What can go wrong? Uh, there's actually a lawsuit happening here in Canada. We'll be talking about Microsoft 365, formerly known as Office 365, as part of our subscription series. We'll give you the lowdown on what that's all about, the different uh, uh, subscription levels, what you should get and what you shouldn't. And uh, 3D modeling. John is going to be going through some of the apps he uses to create his own 3D models that he prints on 3D printers. It's really actually kind of cool. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with the app show, Mike and John here. Interesting story that we want to follow right now. A great article in the Washington Post, uh, basically saying, Apple says it never recycles old devices if they can be still used. Its lawsuit against a Canadian recycler suggests otherwise. Apple actually has a a trade-in program Mm -hmm. that uh, you can basically take your old Apple gear to them and they'll give you, you know, X number of dollars, depending on what... Uh, condition the devices, how old it is, and then you can get that credit to buy. I did that last year with the iPhone. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Where do those old iPhones go? So Apple says, uh, you know, if they're still in good condition and safe, they kind of give them a bit of a refurbish uh, and then they resell them. And for the ones that don't, they basically shred them. They send them to recyclers that basically take all of the components apart and then they're recycled to reuse so everything from the aluminum to the plastics to the gold that's on a lot of the circuit they've boards. made a, a big point about this in previous um, apple keynotes where they show the robots that are disassembling these things yeah what did they call them daisy daisy and dave or something yeah. something like that they have these two robots that can take apart an iphone in a uh, couple hours or no 200 iphones yeah, like it's, it's pretty quick. Yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So Apple right now is uh, suing a Canadian recycling company uh, called Jeep, G-E-E-P, uh, saying it uh, violated its contract by reselling the devices instead of shredding them. Uh, Apple seeking 30 million Canadian. So they allege that uh, this company basically, instead of shredding them, you know, kind of destroying them and getting all the, the parts and uh, the, the materials... Uh, this company uh, apparently, allegedly, resold 100,000 Apple devices well, that they could detect. We should clarify, some employees at this company yes. are the ones that were responsible for it. At least that's what the company is claiming. And so these are the ones that Apple could detect on their network that were connected. It doesn't say about the ones that they couldn't. Right. So there could be a lot more. Well, it's interesting, though, because when you think about what's inside a smartphone, um, and what could go wrong for you to want to trade it in and or end up in the recycling bin for whatever reason. A third party could refurbish it with non-Apple parts. Yes. So that could be part of the reason why some of these devices are popping up on the network when Apple thought they were going to the iPhone. To be shredded. Yeah. iPhone heaven. iPhone heaven. Yeah. Um, because- and they say, they say, Apple says they refurbished 
10 million devices last year. Yeah. So they are doing it. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, and we encountered this when we went to China, uh, Apple will charge a certain amount to fix something. But if you go to Shenzhen, you can get your phone fixed there for a lot cheaper. Um, maybe not with official parts. No. Right? They, they say they're official. <laughs> like I, I, I got um, one of my iPhones, it had the glass front and back. I'd shattered both of them. Uh, quoted here eleven hundred dollars yeah. to fix them. I got it done there for one hundred and fifty. Yeah, which I, was a better deal, much better deal. But was it original equipment manufacturer parts? They said they said that, but I have no way of verifying that. Right, and I mean the phone works. Like it worked. The, yeah, I was happy saving the you know close to a thousand dollars. Yes, because that's that's like a new iPhone. <laughs> it, it literally is. Yeah. So, but this. This story from the Washington Post basically is is saying that Apple's not really coming through on what they promise. Well, it'd be interesting to know, to know, and I guess that'll come out in the lawsuit. At what point does Apple like sign off? Okay, this one's a write off. It goes to that pile. Yeah. Versus this company making the decision if it's all write offs or you know these are fixable, these aren't. You know, like who's making the call? Or these rogue employees? Right. That the company is saying skimming them yeah but that's a lot of a lot of skimming it's it's a hundred well a hundred thousand yeah like that is a lot of devices yeah getting into the market and you know the question is does apple want all those devices in the market well i think apple's concern is that these devices might not have been affixed might not have been refurbished to their standard yeah and or with uh the appropriate original parts which could come back to haunt them in the future when whoever buys that refurbished from a third party comes into an apple store to try to get fixed if there's another problem i guess my argument is like i they probably don't mind having all these devices out there right because i imagine a lot of these people want something cheaper yeah right and if they couldn't buy this cheaper refurbished one they might end up on the android platform so as we know apple makes billions of dollars on their services now like icloud and apple music so i mean once you're in that ecosystem you're paying you know anywhere from five to thirty dollars or more a month for all the apple services yeah so apple's not losing money but i i can kind of see their point yeah well just from a support standpoint yeah uh, they, they it's become an unsupported product basically right so what uh, do you think uh, well, I mean, it sounds like there's something egregious has been happening here with this company. Yeah. Um, but my, but the uh, Washington Post is, is alleging that Apple's not coming through on their promise. Well, th I think what's probably happening is their contractors are letting them down. Yeah. So, uh, and this particular company is who Apple's going after, who in then in turn is blaming these rogue employees. I wonder where these were sold, if they're in Canada or... Uh, one article I read said a lot of it was going to China. Really? Yeah. So I don't know if they were being refurbished in Canada and then being sent or being sent to China for refurbishment and then... Oh, probably China because yeah. as we know, it's so much cheaper there. Yeah. And they have access to the parts where it's much harder to get in Canada. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's an interesting story. We'll be following this and uh, keeping uh, you folks uh, up to date on it. We're going to have to take a, uh, another break here. When we come back, still a lot more to talk about here on the App Show, including our subscription series with Ted Kritsonos. This uh, week we'll be talking about Microsoft 365, which used to be called Office 365. 
It's uh, a monthly subscription for all your favorite uh, Microsoft uh, products, Word, Excel, OneDrive. Well, we'll tell you what the best deal is and why you should get it or maybe why you shouldn't. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Well, we're continuing our subscription series, everything subscription now. And so we've been covering uh, a lot of it from YouTube to Spotify to Apple. This week, Office 365. Remember in the old days, you can just buy Office 365 and you didn't have to pay for the rest of your life? Yeah, or you downloaded it. (laughs) Air quotes, yes. (laughs) Well, uh, things have gone legal now, John. Yes. Yes. We've got uh, Ted Kritsonos on the line. He's our subscription expert. Thanks for joining us, Ted. Good to be with you guys. Office 365, I think um, a lot of people are probably familiar with it. Uh, We just wanted to talk today about some of the different options just so people are a little more familiar. Maybe they're not on the right plan. Uh, Where do we start, Ted? Well, so Microsoft actually renamed it Microsoft 365. So even though the suite can still be called Office, the actual service is called Microsoft 365. So just to avoid any confusion there that some people might have when they're looking for this, but they did rename it. I can't remember when they did, but it was recent. In any case, so basically what this is, is like if you remember for, for so many years, we would buy Microsoft Office uh, as a package, software package, one-time fee, and that's it. You're basically buying, you're paying one time for the license to use it. But years ago, a few years ago, they, they, they started to go subscription only, although not entirely. We'll get to that in a second. And... So now they want you to pay monthly for it. So that is for like Word, Outlook, PowerPoint, Excel, and OneNote. So those are the those are the apps that you get when you're when you're, you're subscribing. You get a couple more if you're a PC user over you know as opposed to a Mac one. Uh, but that's that's the general gist. You're paying monthly. You're using these apps. They get updated. You get all the updates, and you can just keep using it, including in the cloud too, which is a big big reason why they made this move. I didn't know they changed it from Office 365. I've just been spouting that out all over the place, so I'm wrong. But Microsoft has a habit of naming things weirdly and confusing. We were talking the other day about the Xbox One, Xbox X, and all those naming conventions. You know, yeah, the marketing yeah. genius is there. Okay, so Microsoft 365 <laughs> uh, monthly subscription, or you pay like an annual fee for it. That's right. Uh, like, yeah. where where would someone start there? Like, th- there's different levels. So, yeah, so the, the people watching this or listening to this might wonder, well, hold on. Are you saying that I, can, I only have to subscribe? Like, I, I can't get it any other way? I can't just pay one time? You can. There is Office Home and Business 2019 available as a one-time cost. Uh, it's about $319. So it gives you a license to use the software. However, there is one thing. You don't get OneNote when you do that. So you're not getting the fifth app in the, in the suite, unfortunately. Um, so, and it's also meant for offline use, right? So all the cloud-based stuff that is, you know, is part of the benefit of going with the subscription service does not apply to that one-time thing. Uh, there is office home and student as well. Same kind of idea. One-time fee. It's $169. But again, you know, you're, you're, you're limited in how much of the suite that you get. And not to mention that Microsoft support is limited to 60 days. 
So what, if you need what, tech support beyond that. What about updates for those offline editions? You know, quite often you'll come across a friend that has like, oh, I've got, you know, Word 2013 or something crazy like that, and it's not compatible with something they're trying to do. Um, if you buy an offline one, do they actually say what their terms are as far as you can expect support for X amount of time? That's so that's a very good question, and there's not a straight answer that I've seen as far as how long, like security updates, yeah, those will go for a, an extended period of time. But when it comes to for like feature updates that add new features to the software, that's where things are a little bit murkier. So I don't know for how long these standalone products would last. I, su- I assume that they would they would go up until perhaps they come out with another one. That's, that, that's a one-time thing like this is. But again, this is a very different scenario compared to going with the Microsoft 365 subscription service where none of that applies. Yeah. If there's a new version, if there's you know whatever updates, you, you get them no matter what, as long as you're a subscriber. Okay, so uh, you can buy the whole package for about 320 bucks, you said, but I, I guess obviously what Microsoft's trying to do is trying to cram as much value into doing the monthly or the yearly subscription. So what's what are the advantages there? Okay, so if you are a subscriber, like for example, okay, let's start with the family plan, okay? So family plan costs $109 for the year or you pay $11 per month. So you save a little bit of money if you go on the annual plan. Now, it gives up to six people access to the full suite. So it's not just you. You can actually share this with other people, which is kind of cool if you act, you know, if you divvy it up and, and multiple people are paying for it. It then you know, kind of adds to the value. Of course, Microsoft doesn't actually say that. They just refer to it as a family plan. But I have not seen anything to stop you know, friends from sharing this. So you also get uh, one terabyte of storage on OneDrive, which is Microsoft's cloud storage service. The other option is to go with a personal plan. So the personal plan is for one user only. You pay $79 for the year or $8 a month for that. And it offers the same level of access, same one terabyte of storage as well. So you, 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 that's, those are the two main plans basically that apply to when it comes to, you know, when it comes to Microsoft 365, subscribing to that. Um, there are some things that Microsoft will throw in to sweeten the deal. So, for example, um, I, you know, again, this is a, depends on how relevant this is to every user, but uh, like Skype, for example. If you use Skype, they'll give you 60 minutes of, of calling. Of, like, you, know, you can call mobile landline numbers. You know, you get 60 minutes free. Um, you can also um, encrypt files on OneDrive. So if you want to upload stuff to OneDrive, you can actually encrypt them. Um, you know, to add a little bit extra security, which is kind of cool, especially if you're dealing with stuff that's a little sensitive. So, and then of course, with all the updates, you you get them all as soon as they come out. uh, You can, you know, you can even set up that you're notified when they come out so that you can, uh, they can update or they can even automatically update uh, for you. So all those things, uh, you know, are in there. And of course you can use the, the suite either on a PC or a Mac and I've even seen it on a Chromebook as well. So you can use it on, on those devices. And of course, there are apps on Android and iOS too. So you have access to everything basically, and especially with the family plan, everybody has access and it can be mixed usage. They can be on mixed devices. That's another question I have, Ted. Uh, so the family plans, how much again? So the family plan is $109 a year or yep. $11 a month. Okay, uh, so in the family plan, you get six users. 
correct? Yeah. Uh, what about devices? Like I've got, I've got like probably two or three different laptops. I got a, you know, my kitchen computer. I got a, an iPad. How many different devices am I allowed to load that onto? Okay, so the family plan limits you to five devices per user. Okay, um, now they could be a mixture. They could be a mix of devices, but on personal, it's got to be one of each. So, for example, if you are a personal subscriber, you can get one computer, you know, like one phone, one lap, like one tablet. Uh, it it kind of limits you in that regard. Whereas the family plan is a lot more fluid in how many devices you can actually have. And I mean, five per person. So really, if you have six people using this thing, we're talking about 30 different devices. Ultimately, that would be uh, logging in. It's, it's not a bad value when you think about it, like 11 bucks a month between six people in your family, and you can use it on five different devices. Uh, and the OneDrive, I use that all the time. And, and it's, I can't tell you how much easier it's made my life. Like if I'm working on like a Word document on my laptop, I don't have to worry about saving it. And then if I started on another device, like I, you know, my, my work computer, I, I, it's all there. It just knows. Like I can just continue working on that without having to bring a thumb drive along with the, the document on it. There's another element to that that I think is, is, is relevant, and that's the collaborative side of things. So if you are collaborating on a document with someone else, that's where the cloud-based part of it comes in. So you would be able to, for example, you could work on it in a web browser, and then someone else could actually work on the document in real time on a browser or even on the app, like the desktop app on their computer as well. So th- there, there's, there's that element too. That's one of the reasons why Microsoft says they went in this direction was because it made it easier to do things in a collaborative way, which I guess people were looking for. Uh, but I don't know that everybody knows that that's actually possible, that you can, you know, like you said, start a document here and then work on it there or have two people or more actually contribute and collaborate on the same document at the same time, which of course with Excel especially uh, is very common. Do those other users have to have the same uh, 365 plan as well? Or if I didn't have a plan and Mike shared a document with me, would I be able to collaborate with them without having to log in, for example? Yeah, so it's kind of like Google Docs in that way where you can invite someone to view and edit, but they, they would have to do, in that case, they would have to do it in the browser. Right. So so they, they, you don't, they don't need to download the app necessarily right nor do they have to be a subscriber to also like collaborate on the one on that one particular document but that same person who is editing or contributing to it wouldn't you know wouldn't be able to start their own document right you know what i understand so 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 yeah you can you can share that way but but the the other user would have to be a subscriber if they wanted to start their own documents and and have all the perks uh, of, of how that works. We're talking with Ted Kritsonis all about the Microsoft 365 subscription package, about anywhere from 8 to 11 bucks a month. If you want to know more about it, Ted uh, has done a great series up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Got more details up there, including about what we talked about today. Ted, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. When we come back from the break, more apps to talk about. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Want to get into something kind of cool. John, you are a 3D printing expert, one of the uh, premier 3D printer people in North America. I mean, you were listed in Forbes magazine. I was. You're pretty famous. Uh, But to do 3D modeling, you either have to download the models uh, off the internet uh, if you want to 
3D print uh, little gadgets and, and gasmos, gasmos, gizmos and gadgets, uh, or you have to design them yourself. And we're going to talk about apps today that help you do that. Yeah, this is a question that comes up a lot. Uh, people want to get into 3D printing, and but you know they want to be able to make their own things. And what are your options? So the easiest most fun thing that I can recommend is to go to tinkercad.com. It's a free service and it's entirely in your browser. So this is great for kids that only have a Chromebook, for example, and you can't install any software. Uh, it works great in Chrome, works great in Safari, even works on your phone. Um, but the nice thing behind it is it's a very simple 3D modeling tool. They have great tutorials. So you basically follow along a video tutorial within the actual environment and you basically replicate what they're doing on the screen and it's a really great way to learn how the tools work um, basic concepts behind 3d modeling and shapes and and interacting with them uh, using a mouse or a touchpad or whatever your interface is um, and then you can export them into a 3d printable file that you can then throw into a 3d printer um, and it's it's pretty good for I would say I use it probably ninety percent of the time for the stuff I want to change. But what kind of knowledge level do you have to have? Like, what's the learning curve on this? It, it's pretty. It's like Lego. Okay. Like it's. It, I mean, it's you, it, even I could do it. You even you could do it. It's yeah. actually meant for kids to learn. And I used to when I used to teach uh, kids three D modeling, we would do. Uh, Tinkercad because the other nice thing is you can actually then start with someone else's design and you can share it with your classmates and then you can uh, iterate on it and work on it. And so then you would save this file which would basically work on any 3D printer. Yeah. And how much are 3D printers now roughly for you know an entry level? Um, So my favorite run right now is still the Ender 3 by Creality. Um, You can get these on Amazon. They actually just had a, a lightning sale the other day for like 250 bucks. Regular price about 300 um, 250 bucks and you got a 3D printer. Yeah, and it's a good one. Like yeah. I have two of them in my house. Actually, well, I have, th- I have more than two, but... <laughs> of course. But I have two of these Ender 3s and they're fantastic. And they've been out for a couple of years, but what's really great about them is there's a huge community of people that have them. So they're able to create mods for them. If you have any problems with them, there's huge Facebook communities, Discord groups, all these different places wherever you'd want to interact with people about it and get help and tips on how to how to run it and how to make it better. Um, when you're ready to go sort of beyond Tinkercad though, um, probably the best option for a hobbyist or a student uh, is uh, Autodesk's Fusion 360. And this is uh, something you download. You can get a free license as long as you're not using it for commercial purposes. And uh, it's a traditional CAD tool. Like, and it's got a pretty steep learning curve. But again, there's tons and tons of great video tutorials on YouTube about it. Uh, So you have lots of uh, resources to learn how to do things. People will walk you through creating some simple shapes that you can then iterate. And then you can export that as something you can actually 3D print. And what kind of things have you 3D printed that are useful oh geez uh besides star wars figures well yeah um well you printed the, the holder for my three uh, for my um, electric charging cable yeah yeah i i've done a, a bunch of things like that for 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 you and i uh with our electric vehicles uh just little uh, holsters for them if you will in, in our garages um i've i've done uh, i actually got into 3d printing at the beginning because i wanted to 3d print camera mounts yeah so I've printed all kinds of camera mounts for things like GoPros. Uh, I printed a rig for us to use with the Osmo Pocket that we have. Um, pretty much any kind of camera gear, there'll be something you can download. Somebody else has already uh, 
got uh, or designed or you know what I used to do before I actually started mashing up things so I wanted to take a GoPro and I wanted to put it on a, a tripod mount on top of a two liter bottle so I could actually put it and have it stay steady at that right right height yeah so I took a bottle cap model and I took a GoPro model and I merged them and I then I 3d printed I did this all in Tinkercad and it worked and it totally worked and you even printed a little uh, cap for me for my uh, daughter's punching bag. It has that base where you fill up with sand or water. Yes. And it was missing the cap, and yep. you, you did it. Yeah, and the same thing, like, uh, you've got a door lock that was losing oh, yeah. the, the cap on the back yep. that you broke or whatever. And again, that's really kind of the cool thing about 3D printing is there's millions of models on the internet already that people have created to f- solve problems like that. But also, if you want to actually create art or create new camera mounts... Um, it's literally infinite what you can do with it we're gonna have to take another break when we come back we'll tell you how uh, you can win our contest this week a roku stream bar back after this you're back with the app show and again special shout out to our new toronto listeners uh, on toronto 640 we have great contests happening all the time for everyone here in canada giving away a roku stream bar this is a combination sound bar and smart tv device it's an all-in-one unit and it's nice because it's a smaller soundbar, so it fits on any TV in any room with just one HDMI cable, and it'll make your TV smart and give you good audio. So all you have to do to enter is visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. If you hit the newsletter tab, enter there. All the instructions are there. And uh, once you're entered, not only are you entered to win this contest, but all the contests going forward, and you don't have to keep re-entering. Yeah, once you're subscribed, you're good. Yes, so do it. Like we're giving away thousands of dollars in prizes. All you have to do is subscribe to the newsletter and you get some good stuff in that newsletter. All our audio and video podcasts, the latest tips and tricks and product reviews as well. We don't spam you. We don't spam you. That's all the time we have left. I want to thank Christina and John for helping put the show together. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.